Welcome to the Business Legends Podcast. Oh, no, 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 no. Start over. You're way too down. I know it's rainy, but hype up. Super. I'm super dreary and drowsy today, friend. You were like, rainy and nasty. Business Legends Podcast. Welcome to the Business Legends Podcast. Okay. That's enough. Should we we do this all over again or just keep (laughs) it rolling? Keep it rolling. rolling. (laughs) Welcome to Business Legends Podcast, where we (laughs) interview. You got it. Got it. Should we keep going? We just keep going with it. Keep rolling. Fair enough. Welcome to Business Legends Podcast, where we interview business leaders and entrepreneurs so that you can learn from their mistakes, pump up your own inspiration, and grow your bottom line. I'm the host of the show, Reese Arlen, along with my co host, CEO of Business Marketing Solutions Group, Christian Webb. Say hello. CrossFit. CrossFit. (laughs) Today, we are the business legends. It's just us. Yeah. I need an adult. I need an adult. (laughs) Today, our topic is converting your leads, which is something that we just run into back and forth, left and right, up and down and forever and always, man. Um, It's one thing to get somebody's interest to encapsulate them to your brand or pique their interest, but it's another thing entirely to get them to invest in your brand, to purchase your service, or to hear you out on what you have to offer. Um, We've seen all sorts of crazy stuff. I mean, you know, we've we've worked with a lot of gyms doing a lot of digital marketing for them. And I mean, I can think of some specific gyms. We won't use any names, but some where we'll get them 30 leads and they'll close 20. And I can think of one specifically where we got them 240 qualified leads and they closed like five. So, I mean, you know, it has a lot to do with their sales process that's in place, but it also has a lot to do with, you know, what systems that you have and your willingness to go out and get your customer. And in our current climate as far as our sales ecosystem is concerned it's so important to actually go out and get your customer as opposed to letting them come to you everybody wants walk-in traffic everybody wants their phones to ring and whatnot but what's a lot more important is following up with people and actually going to get their business and and offering yourself unabashedly so and if you if you didn't know we're uh we're business partners for a digital marketing company called business marketing solutions group and we do marketing for so many different companies and like with all these companies, they, they go from accountants to lawyers to dentists to doctors to gyms to, I mean, you name it. We pretty much have it, right? And some of them do it right, and then some of them do it so terribly wrong. But they all get the same amount of leads. And we've kind of helped people fix their conversions and ha- help them actually turn those into sales. That's what we're going to talk about today, kind of like the best ways to convert your leads, the best, the best way to build steps and, proce- steps and processes in, in place and make sure you don't fail in that process. Yeah, start, starting from the top, um, especially from a digital source, one of the first things that that always comes up is making something user-friendly. I mean, if you have a website that doesn't work or you know it's hard to find how to get into contact with somebody, they're just going to bounce right off. I mean, they're not going to... The customer is not going to attempt to do business with you. I mean, you have to make it as easy as humanly possible for them. Um, another thing that I've seen is people having these multiple step processes where they're asking every conceivable question, you know, what high school did you go to? Like, what was your first girlfriend's name and stuff like that? And I mean, if I'm whatever the service is, whatever the service doesn't is, matter, if you're an accountant or a lawyer, you want digital marketing or you want a gym membership, you know what I'm asking? 
name, phone number, email, and that's it, pretty much, you know? <laughs> Unless you have a super niche business where you don't want to waste too much time on people who can't afford your business, yeah. then, like, you can maybe add, like, square footage of your room or something. Like, for example, if you're doing yeah. uh, if you're doing custom closets, for example, and uh, you only want to deal with people who are going are, are gonna to cost 5000 plus on the, on the custom design, you might, you might say square foot of job. Right. Or square foot of house. Very little of it, information. It, and that's it. Yeah. I, I think a lot about the people that just have these these enormous uh, forms to fill in. And it makes it easier for the sales process because then all of a sudden, like I have 100% of the information, but I'm also getting a 30th of the amount of leads yeah, that I would like, otherwise. Just think about it simply. Like literally, if as a consumer right now, say you're getting online to buy something. Say you want to so you want to get a new a new accounting software. Um, you get online to buy it, and the, you click you click the you click the ad. You go to the you go to the landing page of the website, and you see a form that just says name, number, email, business, or name, number, email, best time to call you. Right. You're gonna fill that out. But if they go name, number, business, uh, your EIN number. I've even seen <laughs> driver's license number yeah. on things that are that like. You're just dude, not going to get the swings. Yeah. Like, dude, if if I'm offering you accounting services, like, I don't need your driver's license number. Like, I could literally <laughs> throw 200 leads to, yep. to a page with that big of a form and, yep. and a page with not that big of a form. Mm-hmm. It would probably have a, a 30 to 40% difference in conversion rate. Absolutely. One of the other things um, that we've dealt with is things like events. You know, if you're selling tickets to something, make it as easy as possible for people to for people to purchase a ticket. Make it as seamless. Make it as nice and organized as possible. Don't give them any erroneous, you know, crazy links or something like that. I mean, you have to you have to make it as easy as possible for the consumer in order in order to convert the lead. So let's say somebody gives you name, phone number, email, best time to call, or state they live in, or you know, one other piece of information or something like that. What do you think is a reasonable amount of time that it should take to get in touch with them? Well, I'm a, I'm a little biased. I say you should call them immediately. Immediately, yeah. Like, I mean, because if they're on Google searching and if they're mm-hmm. if they're actually in, it's like in demand right that second. Yep. You're not the only person they're clicking on. Nope. So if you don't call them immediately, you're either going to lose them to somebody who did, or you're going to lose them to somebody who brought they they saw a cheaper price online that wasn't on your page. Yep. Et cetera, et cetera. You don't. You just literally as soon as you get the lead, ring, ring. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> as soon as it comes in, you have to be monitoring and looking out for that. And stuff. people are saying like 24 hours, 48 hours. Sure. That's in a perfect world. That'd yeah. be great. So that we don't all get swamped, but that that's a reasonable amount of time, but that doesn't mean you're going to get the business. Yeah. You know, if it's not, I mean, the more time that goes by, the more time somebody has to spend on a website to get in touch with you, or the more time it takes for you to get in contact with, with the person that fills in the form, mm-hmm. the less likely you are to convert, the more time they have to shop. Actually, you know, the best, uh, the best sales process I've been a part of lately online, um, was I, I had bought a software, or I guess we bought a software about mm-hmm. a month ago and I got on, I got online and I was just, I was just literally filling in the subscribe button until, cause they made you fill it in to actually look at their prices. And so I filled it in. And as soon as I hit enter, I went to look at the first selection of prices and I got a phone call mm-hmm. and they were like, Hey, I know you're looking at our prices right now. I'd like to walk you through them so that you can better understand our, our, our systems. Yep. And I was like, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and now we have their software. I was going to say, and now we have the software. <laughs> and if they wouldn't have, I'm a, I'm a shopper, man. I'm going to, I would have brought up four or five of the softwares and I would have figured out which one was the best. If you had the time to, you yeah, know, you know, like I, I would have tried. Yeah. It's, it's a lot more difficult. Even in our electronic world, it's a lot more difficult to, be rude with a person or to deny their service when they're, when they're talking to you mm-hmm. as opposed to answering an email in a snooty way or something, yeah. you know? Um, it, it's so important to have that personability feature to it and talk to an actual human being and 
actually hear their voice and know that they're a real person on the other end of the line and develop that rapport. You know, we talk about that in the sales process a lot where you can't develop a rapport online. You know, no matter how good your stuff looks, no matter how great your testimonial videos are, you still have to use your voice and and talk to people and use your words, you know? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So another thing about online leads and when you get them, don't waste them. Like if you're, if you're just paying to get leads, for example, people, some, some people get 250 leads a month from us. Some people get 20 leads. It just depends on what you do and what, what your ROI your budget, is, what makes yeah, sense. Sure. But like, for example, the people who are getting 200 leads a month from us, like if you're going 200 leads for a year, now we have, what was it? What is that? Like 212, uh, 2,400, 2,400 leads, 20, 2400 leads a, a year. Right. And if you're only just calling those people, you're wasting your money. Yeah. Like, why would you not call them, text them? Yep. Email them, set them up in an automatic nurture campaign because if yeah. they don't sell, they need to be in a nurture campaign so they can buy later. Yeah. Like you should be using that lead for all it's worth. There, there's something tremendous to be said for uh, at least something that I've encountered from different people that I've talked to is people think that email marketing is dead because, <laughs> like, if you look at my real we have email some customers that would uh, say that's not true. <laughs> we, well, no doubt about it. I mean, you know, we can think about some of our e commerce campaigns that have been worth over $20,000 for virtually zero entry outside of the outside of the cost of the um, of the platform itself. But the thing that's interesting, man, is that even though, like, my real email, I have, like, zero unread emails, unless I've gotten some in the course of this yeah. podcast, whereas my, my junk email, I mean, admittedly, I do have, like, 80,000 unread emails or something mm-hmm. stupid like that. But yeah. you know what? Some of that stuff still works for me. I mean, I, I buy highly clothing, which you know, mm-hmm. and I still browse through and I look at the subjects. Yeah. And just the other day... I, I saw a highly offer for buy one, get one free or something. Yeah. And I ended up spending like $120 on a hoodie, which ended up being two hoodies. No regrets, you know? Yeah. But not, not everybody wastes, like puts their junk email down when they're looking for something. Because usually when you find something you right. like, you put your email down, it's usually like your next best email. Like I'm not going to give you my Christian at Business Marketing Solutions Group.com email for right. sure. But I'll give you the, the one I check for all the things like my specials and stuff that I, I sign myself up for, yeah, I have I have an email for that. Yeah, and you still check it, you know, yeah. like you still see it. I mean, you know, we uh, we recently working with a guy and we set our brand new record as far as the amount of people that are opening this this email. So these are all people that he's dealt with, and he has over six hundred and fifty contacts. I think he's at six hundred and seventy eight or something like that right now. And his open rate for that email campaign right now, I just checked it uh, yesterday morning. It's forty three point six percent. So. Fantastic. That it's over 300 people are opening and seeing seeing his stuff, you know. Yeah, and so if you don't understand what a nurture campaign is, just not getting the complicated side of it. Think of it like after you get a lead, you're then gonna hug them for like seven or eight emails. You're gonna send them use cases. You're gonna send them testimonials. You're gonna send them specials on products. You're gonna send them invitations to free consultations, like ways that you're gonna like kind of success stories. Yeah, you kind of tie your brand around them in a non-selling way. And that's the, that's the, I mean, without talking to them in person, that's the best way to be genuine, you know, like actually mm-hmm. show them what happens in your community. Yeah. And then when they see it and they're like, okay, maybe this isn't just junk and I want to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Then they finally on the seventh email, they click a link that takes them to a landing page for them to sign up for their free consultation. And then instead of saying you only had a 20% conversion rate on the front end, now you're catching people through this nurture campaign, yeah. changing that from 20 to 40. And then if you would have sent video messages and, and all this other stuff, instead of just calling, you probably have a way higher conversion. Absolutely. I, I think that's the number one thing that people mess up with their, their digital sources and getting leads is that, you know, we'll, you know, we plop whatever, 10, 50, 100, 300 leads into yeah, somebody's lap per month or whatever. 
and you know maybe they'll take that first stab at at hey do you want our product or service and then after that you know some some will close some won't and then with all these people that don't then and there you know in the world of sales i don't believe there is such a thing as no there's yeah. there's yes and there's maybe later i mean you know <laughs> maybe later yeah and that's the way you have to look at it man because really? if there was something that intrigued you to get in contact with me to begin with then the only objection that i will accept is price you know if you don't got the money for it then you know, maybe we work around you and we try to figure out a solution that works. Mm -hmm. But if there's something that you're interested in that you need for your business or your life or whatever yeah. else, then it's my job to intrigue you in that. And then it's it's your job to purchase it yeah. from there, you know? So it's either yes or maybe later. Those are the only, those are the only answers that I really accept. And if you don't have the money for it, then you should probably go back to our podcast where we're talking about cross-marketing. Yeah. Because um, that's the only, it's not free, but it's like, it's the cheapest way to get started in a company. Well, um, but after that, you're kind of you run out of time for doing all that stuff. The 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 most expensive and yet the the most free resource that we have is time, and a lot of people would be willing to cross market with folks for thirty hours a month or something like that. Attend events with them that don't necessarily benefit them, so that it doesn't cost them out of pocket. But if you really itemize your time and you think about the financial influence of that, I mean, if you price your time out at whatever, $100 an hour, and you're spending 30 hours, then that's $3,000 out of your pocket that yeah. you could be spending growing your business or your brand or And until or you put up money on your time, you just don't see it. Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 kind of an interesting way to look at things, but of course, a lot of people are more interested in investing time than they are investing their money. So it's true. It's kind and of if, uh, thing. You'd be surprised at how many customers we have that we find that they have like 11,000 emails that they've never done anything mm -hmm. with. <laughs> so if you're that person with 11,000 yeah. emails, you've never done anything with it. Talk to us. Look in the mirror. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and think about that for a second. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a scary thing. And email isn't the only medium of, of staying on the people on the tops of people's minds. I mean, the traditional outlook of that would be if somebody gives you a call, let's say you're selling, I don't know, fences or something like that. Maybe, you know, fence is a huge, uh, upfront cost or whatever. And maybe you can't afford it then, but then all of a sudden over the course of the next couple months, you hear a radio advertisement, you see a billboard, you see Facebook marketing yeah. for this stuff, you see all these remarketing things. Speaking of Facebook marketing though, so those same exact emails, so if you had 11,000 emails, for example, and you uh, you didn't want to email them because you felt like you just hadn't talked to them in too long, you feel like it'd be weird if you did it now, mm -hmm. you can literally put all those emails and drop them into a Facebook campaign. Yeah. And then Facebook will retarget all the people that are associated with that email yep. on a Facebook profile. Yep. So you'll be able to retarget them through branding ads, showing like what your business is doing now and, ex and maybe testimonials and et cetera. Yep. So people who used to look for your business, like what you were, what you mm -hmm. had, they wanted a while back and then it, they never got it. Yeah. Fa Facebook is scary and it's awesome at the same time. <laughs> I mean, you can take those emails and target the people with those emails and you know, just through our consumerism, through the different types of things. Like I said, I buy highly clothing. I wear, you know, weird, funny shoes or whatever. Um, just through that and through the fact that I have a shoe fetish or something like that, I'm constantly remarketed to. You know, I'm constantly remarketed to by brands that I've never seen before, that I've never experienced, touched, or felt. And eventually, I usually end up getting them, man. I mean, it is just it just is the way that it is. Um, Facebook is a is a phenomenal tool and. You have to use it correctly, you know, mm -hmm. um, on the back end. So you have the front end of people reaching out to you. Um, you have the leads in front of you. And then, you know, they say yes or maybe later. You get you get the back end of nurturing them, hugging them through emails, through through Facebook campaigning, um, just getting your brand visibly in, in front of them. 
Um, what do you think, Christian, people kind of mess up in that process? So, so you know, from the perfect sales perspective, get lead, take them through consultation slash process, sell or don't sell, uh, and then you have whatever forms of nurturing that, that happens. You know, there's pieces of each one of these puzzles that you can that you can talk about and improve. Yeah. Um, personally, I think more than anything else, they mess up that back end. They mess up that nurture, the people that they didn't sell the first time because yeah. – for some reason, people don't want to keep trying and keep presenting the same stuff. I would agree with the same thing. So it's it's not that they're messing up the back-end stuff. They usually just don't even have the back-end stuff in place, Yeah. period. Mm-hmm. Um, but the stuff they're doing and messing up, I see the most is follow-up. Yep. Um, and it's just like you have to follow up with leads. Like I, If somebody called you and said, hey, this is just a silly example, but like say uh, I'm calling and I want solar panels, mm-hmm. um, and then I don't buy. I still want solar panels. Yeah. It's not that I don't want them. It's that maybe, you know, maybe I want them later. Yeah, or like maybe I, I just, can afford you told them right me, now. You told me seven grand and I was like, oh, right, <laughs> I yeah. can't afford that right well, now. Well, solar panels would be a little bit, yeah, it'd be yeah. probably I got Then I got a promotion at work. Guess what, man? I still want solar panels. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So why would you not follow up with me? Especially if I said, you know, I'm going to get these next year. Yeah. Put me on the calendar for next year, then throw me in a nurture campaign and call me next year. <laughs> yeah, put it in the calendar. Um, people's follow-up processes are, are terrible about that stuff. Um I know a guy in a networking group that I'm with. He's an awesome dude. Um, he does insurance, and I won't say his name because of what I'm about to say. He's a great person. I love him to death, and I'll, I'll actually send him this podcast directly. But um, his company does not allow him to have a customer resource management software. So he's literally like the best insurance agents in his company are literally like taking that they, they ha- I don't even know how to explain it, but they have like the index cards. And they'll, okay. they'll, they'll, I swear to God, this is true. They have like index cards with months. I mean, it's like the way that we used to keep calendars back in like 1984, mm. you know? And they have like months and then they'll take like the Reese Arlen card and they'll put it in like the February 2020 month in their, <laughs> and I swear to God, this is true, in their, in their thing. In their Rolodex? Yeah. Is that what it's called? A Rolodex? I, I think it's called a Rolodex. I don't even know, dude. I don't even know how to spell Rolodex, dude, but. It's like, <laughs> why, why do you not use technology to your advantage in that situation? And, and God forbid the human error on that too, you know? It's got to be terrible. There, it's got to be. It's got to be awful. Like there's, there's no way that you could convince me in a million years that keeping like an index card calendar, like weird slot option Rolodex is going to be. I also think some of these companies are cheating that somehow because I get marketing on social media, from, like targeted marketing yep. from large companies that do finance. Mm-hmm. So I'm like... I wonder how they're cheating that because obviously they got me somewhere in a CRM. Yeah, they have to. I mean, I don't know. They got. I mean, maybe they got your, they got your information from from something. But I mean, whether we realize it or not, we have so much of our personal information out on the internet. I mean, Absolutely. when when we're liking things on Facebook, um, I mean, I get remarketed to about Carolina Panthers stuff all the time. I mean, and obviously, I mean, I'm I'm clicking, I'm reading on Carolina Panthers stuff, um, and pretty much any like. Charlotte-based sports. My favorite example was, you know, you don't, with your personal Facebook, you don't really, um, I don't know, like alter or change like any of your self-information. But I don't, does your Facebook say that you're married? Because you've been married for a year. Does it even say you're married yet? Uh, it does now, actually. It does now. Okay, when did you change that, though? Just like last month. Like a month. <laughs> yeah, and you've been married for over a year. So my favorite example, which I just, it always sticks out in my mind is that like you don't you didn't change that stuff like and it didn't matter like I mean you know Kayla knows you're married to her yep. but um, at least I hope you know whatever but <laughs> um, 
my favorite example is that you never, uh, I mean, a year later and you finally change it to married on your Facebook. And yet after you got married, people are tagging you in photos, tagging you in wedding this. Facebook already knew I was married. Facebook knew you were married and was marketing like, oh, are you a newlywed? Like, you know, here's a cool watch, Kayla, that you can buy Christian. Or Christian, you know, here's a nice ring upgrade for Kayla or whatever else. That's actually like, something crazy. we didn't touch on. So, uh, or maybe we touched on it very lightly. So not only like you, so you understand the well, you might not understand, but you're you're getting the you're getting a little bit of the gist that on the front end and the back end, you have to have branding and nurturing to kind of make sure that you take one lead and make the make the conversion rate better. Um, but you can actually make the quality of these leads better by targeting correctly. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so instead of getting like, for example, I could. I mean, just name something. Uh, well, I was gonna say use the marriage example. I mean, I'm single yeah. and have been for a while. Like, if you if you're putting like you know wedding dresses towards me, I'll laugh and then you know say that you're remarkable. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 hate, I hate to say it, but like a divorce a divorce attorney, right? Yep. So, for example, if I just put that out to everybody, yep, that wouldn't be that successful. But if I put it out to all married couples that have been married one, seven, and fifteen years, which yeah. is supposed to be the itchy years, right? Um, on statistics, that would be your best niche. And there's probably like just in Charlotte alone, there's probably seventy thousand people in that in that easily, range. Easily, um, so it's like that's an easy net to throw marketing at if you didn't want to waste your money. Mm -hmm. um, now you can just for branding purposes throw broad, but like instead of getting one hundred and fifty leads a month for a divorce attorney, you get them twenty leads, but they're all super prime. Yep, and they're like all about they all are they all need an attorney right now. It it becomes that question of would you rather have a thousand leads or a hundred qualified leads? You know. And for me, I'm taking the hundred qualified, and I'll tell you why. Even if we're closing the same amount, even if you we take so much manpower, it's it's manpower, and again, it's back to that resource, which is free, but the most expensive, which is time. Yeah. If I have a hundred qualified leads, I have a greater chance of closing those leads than sifting through two thousand unqualified yeah. people. And I'm not going to sift through two thousand. So what I what yeah. I would do is hire a person. Yeah, <laughs> so, hire hire. Somebody so it's like to, I'm taking unqualified leads just just to have to hire somebody, which makes it less profitable for me anyway. Absolutely. So converting digital leads, let's talk about it A to Z. So on the front end, um, which is the customer facing, you know, mm -hmm. we have to create a presence, a copy, you know, a situation that entices somebody to be interested in a brand enough to reach out, you know? Yeah. Um, obviously it's different when you get a referral and you're, you're sourcing your own, your own leads and your own closing and whatever, but we have to entice the people, whether it's through ads, whether it's through strategy, or whether it's through you know simplicity of website and design, whatever. We entice them, take them through the process. So the process becomes the consultation. Seminars. Seminar. Whatever. And th these are for services. For products, it would be displaying the product. Yep. Um, I mean, as, as crazy as it is to say, whenever you see like clothing, for example, they're always hiring hot models to, to represent that product. Um, taking them through that process. They're taking professional photos. Could you imagine if you landed, I keep using highly, could you imagine if you landed on a Tommy Hilfiger or, I don't know, Levi's or something like that, and they had blurry images? It wouldn't convert. There's no way. Yep. There's no way. Could or you, if it was on a bad website. On a bad website. Or better yet, because sometimes I see this with, with uh, amateurized websites, you know, when maybe the photo is done very well, but what if it cuts off like half the body or or something like that? <laughs> or the that. website doesn't fill up your entire laptop. It yeah, doesn't, it doesn't, or, or it has a bunch of, of weird white space and, and whatever. Or maybe better yet, another thing, a huge topic, we could do an entire podcast on this, but uh, how about mobile optimization, you know? 
I'm telling you, I could take one of the highest brand, uh, one of the hottest brands for yoga pants. I could take Lululemon. Yep. Put it on a bad website that doesn't optimize, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't sell a single one. You wouldn't sell nothing because everybody'd be scared to put their card on there. Yeah. They just wouldn't. They would be like, "What? Why they, is this not? It doesn't look like a reputable company." You wouldn't have the trust. You wouldn't have the security. Um, yeah, people. Wouldn't. Yeah, and I mean, you have to represent yourself professionally. And that's why if you look at Lululemon's website, it's actually beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's probably the. It's probably. One of the best, if yeah. not the best, apparel websites. I wear their exists. yoga pants all the time. There you go. There you go. Right on. Little, little too tight, but whatever it is, what it is. So you take them through the process, whether it's a product or service, um, whatever it takes to dis- to display these people. Um, if they purchase, you still you're still capturing their email. You're still capturing their information so that you can remarket towards them. And if they don't, I mean, it's just a simple. You know, sometimes I get the question, or sometimes people will ask me, "Oh, I don't want to. Um, I don't want to bother." that person. You know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want this person to, uh, you know, I don't want to see their emails or something like that. I've never been irritated by an email. Make it easy on me. Listen, I am a busy human being. (laughs) Yeah. If you haven't noticed, we do a podcast and we both run a successful business. Mm -hmm. So literally I want stuff. I look online for, I just looked online for a business jacket the other day. I didn't buy it because my card wasn't in front of me. Yep. And I haven't bought it because I haven't even thought about it until right now. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Please send me a notification. Yeah. Because yeah. I would have clicked it and purchased it. Say, hey, doofus, you forgot to, yeah, you know. You left this in the cart, by the way. Yeah. Here it is for <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. Purchase. Maybe you entice the person. You say, you say, hey, you forgot this. Here's a little nudge, a little 10% yeah, off, little 10% or a little off or free lip balm first, or a free, you know, yeah, little being the first customer with us or something or whatever. Yeah. Don't think about it as an irritation. Now, if you were sending a whole bunch of notifications out to people who hadn't, have never been on your website, never interacted with your brand. Yeah. That might be a little annoying. Yeah. But that's not how you're supposed to do it. You're supposed and, to brand, interact, then remarket. Uh, another example of that is, um, oh my God, I can't remember what fitness center it was, but, um, I mean, I've been a part of like so many different gyms in my life, but I remember they had a they had an email remarketing to where uh, they would you know you'd, you'd go in and and at the time I was shopping gyms and that's a situation where weirdly I think I'm not alone in the sense that I would probably no matter how much I liked the first place I'd, I went to mm-hmm. I'd probably go to two or three you know yeah. I think most people would just to kind of see the difference mm-hmm. in the way they're laid out and the way they smell and the way they you know the way they have their classes and their equipment and whatever but anyway I'll never forget I went to this gym. And within seven days, I had, I'm not even joking, like 30 emails Ugh, from them. See, that's, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, it was ridiculous. And, and just that experience alone was enough to where I, I said, dude, <laughs> like, like desperate much? Like never going back. Like never, you know? And, and the thing, I, I'll never forget this because the thing that irritated me, which is actually illegal, but the thing that irritated me worse than anything about that subject was that I clicked unsubscribe around about five. And so I guess they were they were doing some I don't know ghost uh, emails and platforms or whatever, but I kept getting emails or whatever, and uh, then it became my junk. Just so email. we know what it's supposed to be is like in, in thirty days you should maybe get three, mm. <laughs> maybe three or four once a week, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, um, and, and they need to be not salesy, and I bet all those were like buy now, yeah. save ten bucks, save save ten bucks, <laughs> free enrollment. Oh, look at look at what this actually you know in hindsight it was I just just specifically remember this because it was such a bad example, but. Um, it actually had the same email sent several times too, you uh-huh. know. And and the thing that's funny about that is that like that's not going to convert anything either. Like like yeah. oh I've already read that. Thanks I've already read that. And also I've already read that. And uh, by the way I've already read that too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's not it's you're not getting anywhere with that stuff. So you take them through the process. You gather their information how however that we can. Um, we use different platforms. Email is a big one. Facebook's a big one. 
uh, we use those tools to remarket towards people that didn't close the first time that we discussed yeah. them. Um, one piece that I think we haven't touched on that's, that's really important, we touched on it very little, was actually following up with those people. You know, And it's one thing to have the technology in place, but you have to use your manpower for that. You know, mm -hmm. um, I know a guy that's big time into sales, and he says that you have to follow back up with a customer seven times before you let them go. And I mean, if you actually did that, all of a sudden your bottom line is going to go way up. I mean, I know? just had a guy, I just had a company purchase yesterday, our, our digital marketing, mm -hmm. that I think I spoke to three months ago. Yep. And I mean, I might, I probably called them five or six times between now and then. And yeah. Because like, they needed my services. They were just busy. And they just weren't ready yet, you know? Yeah. And like, that's just like one simple example, but we all have that. Yep. The two things I want y'all to take from this mainly is if you have a whole bunch of emails, quit wasting them. When you get leads, don't waste them. Yep. Like, don't just call them once, text them once, and when they tell you they can't do it, throw them away. Yep. <laughs> like, if you have a throwaway bucket of a whole bunch of contact information, you're doing marketing wrong. Yeah. Um, my my biggest takeaway from this entire conversation, which is something that I, I've worked very, very diligently on, on setting up for us and for our company and everything else, is putting a system in place. A system where, you know, you get your lead, however you get your lead, talk to them, they, they sell or they don't, or they buy or they don't, excuse me, and then you set up a system to where if they don't, then all of a sudden, you know, we have a system in place to where we're going to maintain on the top of their minds, and you can also use it as a way to, to put out some feel good, you know? Mm -hmm. um, here's a person that had a, had a failing business, and, and they did this, that, or the other, and it's not to give ourselves a pat on the back. It's to congratulate that business because we're happy for the other business. And to help people understand that not everything's a scam. Right. Like, don't be afraid to invest in your company. Like, every couple every couple customers that we have success with, we usually, like, say we get, like, 20 successful stories. We'll, we'll try to, we'll try to um, invest into one good testimonial. Yep. And we do that every, every time, like, just so we can continue to have them. And we have four really good testimonial videos now in four different industries. And we're trying to get one per industry. Yep. Um, it takes a little time because it's a lot of investment and, and, and time and money. Um, but it's good because it shows your consumer that not it's not a scam. People do get results from this product. Yeah. People do enjoy using you on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And that's not, I mean, you can't, not all of us can do that, right? But most of us can. Yeah, most of us can take the time to it. And, you know, we had ours professionally done by uh, by David Woodruff from Genesis Film. Oh, Holla! Yeah. Thanks! Holla, David's <laughs> man. Give him a little shout out. Um, but, they don't necessarily need to be professionally done. They're way better when they're professionally done. I mean, yeah. you know, the, the production value that David put up for us is a billion times yeah, better. Yeah, if you're in Charlotte, I'll introduce you to David Woodruff. He's David really Woodruff, Genesis Just Film. Check out, our, check out his work on our, uh, on our website, Business Marketing Solutions Groups, and the testimonials tab. Mm -hmm. Yep, good dude. And By the way, he's paying us for this plug. <laughs> I wish. Um, so, you know, having professionally done content in place just goes to show your professionality, your care for your customers, um, and getting that ball moving, getting that ball rolling, and having a system in place to where you where you can follow up. My name's Reese. I am the host of the show Business Legends, along with my co-host Christian Webb, and that is converting your digital leads. Have a good one, everyone. <laughs>